Hey everybody, welcome to the Rayart Rundown. Hey guys, hope you're not sick of leftovers already. I know, right at this point, I have eaten so many leftover plates. Like, dude, the first day, like, the, or the first day after Thanksgiving, uh-huh. I must have eaten four plates of sides. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to, like, so much. That's why I didn't bring any back with there, me it's, to home. It's so okay. ridiculous. Yeah. There's st- and there's still so much food. Oh no, I've I finished off your stuffing. That's okay, so there you whatever go. I got here. That was pretty much the uh, the only leftovers I I got. There so. was left, right? It's nuts, and I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right, so moving forward, now we're going now that Thanksgiving is done, and we're going into the Christmas holiday. Yep. For everyone listening out there, Adam and I have been digging up. Behind the scenes on... All your favorite Christmas movies. All of your favorite holiday films. So we're not going to do them all, of course, clearly in one episode. No, we're going to space this out all month long. Take forever. Behind the scenes Um, of Christmas movies all month. We are. And so we have a list of favorite movies. I'm not even going to say which ones. I'll leave that to be a surprise. But there's a good chance that we have your favorite Christmas movie covered. When it comes to the behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, if it's okay with you, Bob, I know you've got a lot on yours. I do. I have a ton. It's one of my favorite Christmas films, so okay. I kind of like to savor that one. All righty. Um, I want to start off with one of the most classics, It's a Wonderful Life. Perfect. So, as you know, that movie bombed when it first came out. In theaters. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was. Real bad. And then there was a problem with the rights in 1974. Okay. And it became public domain. Right. It fell. You know, it, like, so, they didn't renew the rights. Yeah, yet. nobody renewed the rights. So, like, every single channel was able to to show that film, and it just instantly turned into a classic uh, after that. Right. So, because, so to clear up, so basically, the film bombed. Nobody wanted to renew the copyright. Right. It fell into public domain, and then, because of how cheap it was, all of the TV stations out there were like, oh... We can show this and not have to pay anything. Exactly. And it's a Christmas movie. Right. So they all started showing it religiously. <laughs> yeah. Every okay. single year. Okay. And it was it's actually um, one of the top ranked watched Christmas movies every single year. And it's and it's and I think the only reason it's that way is because it was literally drilled into your brain. Right. <laughs> it comes on TV every single year. It, it became a um, uh, it became a tradition. Right. Every year for right. most families. Well, funny thing about A Wonderful Life is that it actually started as a Christmas card when the writer, uh, Philip Van Doren Stern, mm-hmm. I mean, how many people do you know nowadays that have four names like that? I have That's... zero friends exactly. that have four names. <laughs> so, I have yeah, zero friends anyways, but zero friends that have four names. Um, but no, so whenever he first wrote it, he first wrote it as a book, and he couldn't get it published. So he said, uh, screw it. He put it on a Christmas card. The entire story? The, and he sent the entire story as one giant Christmas card. And That's a long-ass movie. Yeah. I think Christmas it was, card? It was, well, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was like, um, they say Christmas card. I'm sure it was a Christmas book. Right, right. <laughs> that okay. He sent okay, okay. to all of his friends, family, and Hollywood agent. Right. Uh, it was then sold for $10,000 for the film rights. Now, what year was this again? 1940-something. So that's a lot of money back then. Yeah. I mean, essentially, $10,000 back in the 40s? Are you kidding me? So uh, it was sold off to the rights and everything, and then um, after so long of going through the ringer with the script and everything like that, it got ended up getting picked up by... No, actually, I think it was actually filmed by this separate company. I can't remember what the actual fucking name of it was. 
But later but on, a different was, company filmed it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a different company that filmed it. But then, after it bombed in the box office, the rights were sold to Paramount Pictures. So Paramount picked it up. Yeah, after it bombed, because they ended up losing like a half a million dollars in the box office. But yeah, the uh, the main actor James Stewart. Times out real quick. Just yeah. to I just did it real quick. I did the math for us real quick. Uh-huh. But just to give you perspective of ten thousand dollars in nineteen forty. That's the equivalent of $185,000 today. Oh, no shit. Just for the film rights. Right. So think about that. Okay. So just think, that's the guy he made out, essentially. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So anyways, go ahead and continue. Just a little tidbit there. Um, but yeah, James Stewart, he was actually, he was like one of the biggest names in Hollywood at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had done over 80 movies in his uh, career. Right. But he actually gave up a $12,000 a week salary in Hollywood to join the military during World War II as a pilot. He flew dozens of uh, missions over uh, Nazi-occupied Germany and everything, and actually came back as a decorated war hero. When He wasn't even going to go back into acting, and he... uh, He wanted to continue with the military, or he just was like... No, he just, he thought that he wouldn't be able to perform as well anymore because of the war and everything like that. So think about that, though. But think about that. Would you give up, again, doing the inflation math... Okay, twelve thousand a week. You said, yeah. In the military, he made twenty one dollars a month. Okay, so would you give up twelve thousand dollars a week, nineteen forty, right? That's what we, 19, right. Or, Which, if you do your math, is like two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred and twenty thousand dollars to be exactly. So, would you give up two hundred twenty thousand dollars a week for twenty one dollars for twenty one dollars a month? Twenty one dollars, even twenty one dollars a month back in then is yeah. I can't even. It's so low. Three hundred eighty five dollars a month. So he gave up $220,000 a week, okay? Think about that. To make 300 a month. To make $385 a month. I mean, you can't ask me, though, if I would have done it because that was a different time. World War II was a huge war. You know, I mean, if it was like, if we were in World War III right now and it was a choice between Hollywood or having to go to war in a massive world war right that's a tough choice to make okay let me put granted the, let me, i'd let probably me put, go with the money I was saying, <laughs> do the math it's eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars a month so it's a little shy of a million dollars a month in 1940 or in this day and age right okay or less than 400 bucks you're talking less than yeah you're talking less than a hundred dollars a week yeah, I'd probably end up going with the money. Exactly. But, I mean, we come from so, a military family, so that runs deep true. in my veins. I and, get that. And I'd, it would definitely be a tough choice to make, but chances are I'd probably go with where the money went. But, that I mean, that's what he gave up. Think about that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that's, but, see, that's crazy to me. I yeah, wouldn't, when, there's no fucking way. When he got back, though, he just he thought that he, wouldn't, he wasn't going to be a good performer anymore. And then right. he got a pep talk from Lionel Barrymore, the guy who played the banker in It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. And that's what got him back into acting. And they did It's a Wonderful Life. And everything fucking blew and up. And yeah, so he immediately just went right back into the spotlight. Yeah. Another fun fact is that the original the original script had to have a rewrite done to it because it was too racy. For 1940? Yeah. Which, <laughs> the uh, it was too racy okay. because of Violet's line, I was out all night last night. That was it? That, that was it. That's what she says, and that was everyone's like, whoa. And requested they take out all night as if George is propositioning her. Also had said that there should uh, be no indication that George or Clarence were naked 
when drying out their clothes after pulling his guardian angel out of the river. So, like, even the indication that they were naked right. was, like, too hot for TV back then. Yeah. You know? Now you can... <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> now you can go fucking full frontal nudity. Yeah, no one gives a crap. I, I was watching Comedy Central the other day, uh, and I, I don't know why it shocked me. And, it, and it, this day and age, it shouldn't. But there was a commercial on TV. Uh, I think the one with the comedian, I can't think of the, the comedian's name, but he's in like a snow globe. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to be doing holiday. He's like, I'm going to be doing holiday shit all year or all month. And it I'm was, like, it was he literally said commercial. shit in a commercial. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and, and again, I can see that in episodes because I've watched South Park and all these other guys, and that's right. fine. But I, I don't know why I was like. Shocked about that. I was just a little shocked. That was the fact it was in a. Late, that was like you know midday on a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> but I get I mean again the, the times have changed. Yeah, you know so yeah that's was, uh, uh, wow. So back in the day when they were like, let's not make it seem like she was out all night, and then like bring it up to speed and dudes like I've been doing shit all day. <laughs> it's, it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. There was I, I still remember like I thought it was a bit much for a commercial. It was a. Uh, uh, what, was, what was that? Quiznos. Quiznos subs. Okay. I don't remember it, but... <laughs> Dude, there was one when... Remember the old commercials when the toaster was talking to the guy? He's like, hey, put it in me, Scott. Oh, or whatever. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, whatever, talking about the, sum, uh, the sub? Dude, yeah. he's eating a sub sandwich. It's like, put it in me, Scott, or Dave, or whatever the fuck his name was. Right, right. And he looks down, like, past the sandwich. He goes, I'm not doing that again. That hurt. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, uh, that, that, I was all like, how are they getting away with that? Like, that was a couple clear of, innuendo. A couple episodes ago, we talked about the toaster. selfie toaster. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus. Uh, okay, anyway. Anyway, so, back sorry. Back to behind the scenes. Yeah, just uh, tangent. Uh, did, did you know that there was an FBI investigation behind the movie? The a making real the movie? FBI? A real FBI investigation? No, yes. that I did not know. Yeah, neither did I. I was fucking blown away right okay. this. From an FBI memo. This was the headline of the memo concerning communist infiltration of the motion picture industry. In the memo, it said, It's a Wonderful Life represented rather obvious attempts to discredit bankers by casting Lionel Barrymore as a Scrooge type so that he would be the most hated man in the picture. This is a common trick used by communists. So they were like, hey, they're making the banker look like a the bad guy, which he yeah. was in the film. Right. But they're like, hey... These guys are communists because they're trying to make the banker look like a bad guy. Yes. Wow. Yep. And um, because of that, two uncredited writers named Dalton Trumbo and Dorothy Parker. I mean, uh-huh. there's a lot of uncredited writers in any Hollywood. Right. You know. Yeah. Movie. But two uncredited writers, Dalton uh, Trumbo and Dorothy Parker, was blacklisted for refusing to testify before the House of Un-American Activities Committee. Wow. Yeah. I just, I thought that was, fuck, I was like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't, and I don't think it is anymore, but, no, or maybe. It, well, no, because, I mean, that was, you know, pre-Cold War stuff. Right. A lot of people don't think the, the whole blacklisting thing is a thing anymore. Blacklist thing? No, that's definitely still a thing. Oh, that is definitely still a thing. <laughs> no, no, that is still, you can get blacklisted easily. Cancer culture is out there. Yeah, it that's, does that's happen. Basically, cancel that's basically culture what it is. is the new term for blacklisting. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what it is. And you can get unblacklisted. It's just very difficult to do so. Very. Look at Louis C.K. He still hasn't been able to pull it off. Oh, uh, so the movie was actually filmed during the summer. 
yeah, surprisingly enough, that's one thing I did find out um, by doing all of this research and things, is that they don't, I would always assume, like, it'd be easier just to film the Christmas movies at Christmas time. Right. Because, you know, it's, you know, cold, or uh, you could use a town that already has decorations, or, but I guess that's the independent filmmaker in me that's like, let's find the shortcuts, you know? Right, <laughs> You exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's find uh, the cheapest way to do it. Let's find the cheapest way to do it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so surprisingly enough, it's much easier to actually film that shit after the holidays. Yeah. Well, so we, well, I mean, think about that is because now all your Christmas decorations are on sale. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah, here we go. You know, what back I mean? to thinking about the shortcut. But, um, but no, yeah, it was filmed in summer, and that's why if you notice, whenever he goes to like jump off the bridge and commit suicide, uh-huh. he's sweating. It's because it was ninety degrees. <laughs> it's, it's in the middle of summer in California. Wow. But the snow in the movie. Now, this is something that I found super interesting. Okay. Is because. Before 1946, uh, snow was uh, cornflakes painted white. Now, see, and that you say that, but then when we looked at the Wizard of Oz, uh-huh. the snow, the fake artificial snow they used for that mm-hmm. was asbestos. For this, from what? Yeah, from what I would. I wonder if read. it varied from studio to studio. Probably, because Wizard of Oz was MGM, and you said this is Paramount. Paramount, yeah. So, uh, well, usually. In which case, it was uh, painted cornflakes, but since it crunched when actors would like walk on it, right? Voices had to be dubbed in post production at a sound studio. So to avoid that, the director and special effects team created a new artificial snow made of um, fomite, which is found in fire extinguishers, sugar, shaved ice, and soapy water, and pumped six thousand gallons of it through a wind machine to cover the set. Wow. Yeah, those are my uh, fun facts of your of a wonderful, wonderful life. life. But it's good now, now how to make fake snow. We it, just need I to mean, yeah, we just need to write all that fire down. extinguishers and and buy frosted flakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I thought it was super interesting. You know, it's like we talked about it a few episodes ago about how like back in the day, whenever it was a reel to reel camera, right, they would use milk instead of water for the rain because it was more visible on screen. And now I'm finding out snow was painted cornflakes. Like. I mean, yeah, the tricks is that's what's well, the cool thing about these deep dives and going behind the scenes and, and whatnot is to find these things and to see them and be like, Oh, I never, I never knew that. Or I never, you know, there's always, there's always, always, always tidbits of information and always cool little tricks that you find out as, as a filmmaker that you can do. Oh yeah. And then you end up using it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything like there's, um, there's the, the ultimate trick that I almost, used whenever we were i was getting ready to write an action film short film mm-hmm. for a uh, a one-shot film festival mm-hmm. where it's just one continuous shot throughout the entire thing but because it was an action movie and gunfires and stuff like yeah, that yeah, that's not gonna be it would be super difficult but also still possible number one and expensive I was, I was gonna yeah because i was gonna buy um a quib well, it's not even that, but I don't, I mean, people don't know what that is, so you're gonna have to. Explain. I was going to, <laughs> no, but I was I was gonna buy a quib, and it was um, it's it's just that air pocket um machine that you hook up to somebody, and it just has like a small explosive in it for the gunshots, so that it, and it has the fake blood and everything, right. and you get like thousands of use out of it, and then depending on the quib, depends on depends on the caliber of the gun and everything like that. But what I was gonna get at was the old trick of how they would do. Uh, gunfire back in the day without explosives on film they would use a fishing line a real thin fishing line that you mm-hmm. can't see on camera okay and it was tied to the end of the gun all the way to the person's bullet hole which 
it was tied to that and it had all of the blood underneath. Right. So when they would pull the trigger and they would react as the recoil of the gun is kicking back. Right. It would pull that special effect out and it would, the blood would come out and it would look like they just got shot. And I was actually going to go back and use those old ways. Oh, like the old school tricks to try to, to pull try off. to pull off that special effect. I was going to go back to the, I guess you could say historical way now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> of doing it. Um, you know, just to do that. And so it's just, it's always fun for me to learn how they do all of these in films so that I know what I can do in making our independent films. The crazy part about it is that if you go back and do that, as as great as it is as a filmmaker to, to try those old school ways and to see if you can make them work again, the audience nowadays, I feel, is so desensitized by right. digital media and special effects that when you go to do that, as as cool as it is as a filmmaker to oh we pulled it off we were able to you know make it happen the audience looks at it like oh what a cheap way to that's totally <laughs> yeah, fake that's fake yeah that's you fake. see what i'm saying like you know yeah so i mean i great i agree with you i think that's cool i think it's always great to try to you know to try to do, bring that stuff back and try to do it more realism yeah but yeah the, this day and age this audience they're always going to catch it yeah it's going to be one of those things that they just bury um, uh, so that's the wonderful life. That's a wonderful life. I got one more. I got just one quick one. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite. Also, I watch it every single year at Christmas time. Man, I had to cover it today. Bad Santa. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm just gonna say this once. Okay. But you are are alone on this film. I have the film. I've seen the film, but I am not a huge Billy Bob Thornton fan. You're insane for not liking. So that I'm not saying the movie's garbage. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the measure. I think the sequel was Se- sequel. I stopped it halfway through. I yeah, was not a the fan sequel was not. But the first one, the first one, I thought had a great story, like a good storyline mm-hmm. as far as the little kid and everything. Um, Thurman Merman. Yeah, but I don't know. I just, mm, dude, I don't know. I don't know. Some of those lines I still say, like in just normal conversation. Like, one of my favorite lines of that is whenever he's sitting in the office with John Ritter, Mm -hmm. rest in peace. This was actually his last film uh, that he had done before he passed away. Which Um, is the reason why I bought the film, because John Ritter I've been a fan of since Three's Company. But um, whenever he's being interviewed by him, and he's like, there was a complaint that you were fornicating with the women in the big and tall store? (laughs) And Billy Bob Gordon goes, just... Sitting there, he's like, listen, I've boned a lot of fat chicks in my day, but I have never fornicated anybody. <laughs> like, it's like, hands down, one of my favorite lines in that whole fucking movie. But um, but no, do you know who was actually supposed to play the role, uh, well, the lead role? You know, film? Billy Bob's part, you mean? Yeah, because I can't, I can't remember his actual name in that. Yeah, I don't know the character's name either. No, I'm, who was supposed to play Santa? I'm not sure. He was in Final Negotiations, or whatever the company was in Final Negotiations, to get Bill Murray. Ooh. Yeah. That, that would have changed, changed the film a lot, a lot. Yeah. Not only that, but see, Bill Murray, and I don't know if you know this part, but Bill Murray has never had an agent. Really? He has always done all of his own casting. No shit. Yeah. I always thought that was interesting, a factor about, you can actually look it up, it's about Bill Murray. He doesn't have an agent, he's always done his own cast, which is why the films he's in is kind of, they're always off the wall, they're always, right. like, they're never consistent. Well, he he's never typecast, so he dropped out of it to uh, to be in Lost in Translation. Now, was that a good was that a good move? I, according to the, I mean, I've never seen Lost in Translation, but according to the internet, uh, that was best for everyone. 
for him to go to do that and then Billy Bob Thornton to do Bad Santa. So it worked out. Yeah. And I honestly, I just don't know if I could see Bill Murray pulling off that crazy swearing drunk. I could. And and I take this and and we're not going to cover it in this episode, but I want to dig into that show or that movie uh, Scrooged. Oh, okay. For the holidays, yeah, I know. I'm, I definitely it's probably gonna be the next episode. Okay. Um, but uh, the movie Scrooge was one of my favorite because he plays. I don't know his. It's his delivery. It's Bill Murray's right. delivery. I think it probably would have been a, like I said, Bad Santa would have been a completely different movie if it was Bill. Murray, if it was yeah. Bill Murray. Did you know that uh, they they wanted the Coen Brothers to actually originally direct it? Really? Yeah, the Coen Brothers turned around and said, uh, "Yeah, we don't direct films." Uh, we only direct films that we write. Right, because I they guess, can visualize it was, better. Yeah, I guess that was true up until Marvel called them. No, they wrote they wrote uh, The Winter Soldier. Oh, The Winter Soldier. That's what, yeah. Avengers that's was written by Joss Whedon. The first Avengers was. But it was directed by the Coen brothers, wasn't it? Not the first one. No? The first one was directed oh. by Joss Whedon. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay, well, fuck me. I'm wrong. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> no, the Coen brothers got real big in the Marvel Universe for Winter Soldier. Oh, no and shit. that turns and, and all that 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 took. So they were like, that's when they got they got tapped to do Avengers, the Avengers, yeah, yeah, the Thanos and all and all the end game. That's what it was. So uh-huh. yeah, that was. Um, but I agree with them. They, uh, Billy Bob Thornton actually started method acting for the, on the set of Bad Santa. The one of the uh, what do you mean by that? For like, I mean, he clearly wasn't. He got drunk. San- okay, so there you go. He was drunk for. So it wasn't a matter of like I'm Santa Claus. It was, yeah, he was drunk. Like I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play as a drunk character, anyways. Fuck it. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, no, it was that was supposed to be an alcoholic Santa Claus. That was it. No, I get that. That he was all like, well, I'm method acting. So, um, the scene that he was like super drunk in was the scene that whenever he like fucking falls off the escalator. Whatever goes and then crashes into the fucking gifts and scares all the children. Mm. He was fucking hammered he was all like he's like that was all real (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh he said for breakfast he had three glasses of red wine and then he moved on to some vodka cranberries and then some bud lights i was like "Ooh, you're fucking mixing a hell of a lot that's yeah he's probably throwing up by the rest of by the end of that shift yeah and then the girl uh lauren lauren graham right bartender or whatever laura gilmore from gilmore girls yeah her audition she just walked into the room and started humping the chair. Really? Yep. That was uh, that was her audition. And they she were just... like, yep, you got it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She said it was awkward, but uh, it got her the part. I guess it worked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And Thurman Merman was supposed to be uh, that kid from Two and a Half Men. Okay. I don't know his name, but I know you're talking about. Angus, uh, Angus T. Jones. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but he auditioned to be Thurman Merman. And they were like, no. Yeah, well, which is good for him though, because that after that is when he got uh, two and a half men. Oh, after that, yeah, yeah. So that worked out then. Yeah, but uh, I guess Bad Santa really got hit hard by the Christian. Uh, oh yeah, the the Christians. Oh people, yeah. yeah, like hard, hard. And Billy Bob Thornton straight up defended the movie. Of course, you know he he straight up defended the movie, but he made his statement. He's all like, as far as I know, Santa Claus is not in the Bible. I think you guys are talking about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that made me laugh. There's actually a deleted scene with Sarah Silverman in it as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's, uh, it's at the very beginning, right after the title, Bad Santa, fades up, and he's, like, drunk in the alleyway and right, stuff. Right, okay. Right after that, it fades to black, and then it, it fades up to her writing on the chalkboard. 
and she's like the teacher of the mall Santa class. Oh, okay. Like I have the deleted scene. We'll post it on Patreon. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, let's get it up on let's get it up on Patreon for all those guys to see. Yeah. But uh, what I thought was funny is that in the like the scene is nothing really that special. Right. Uh, it's not really all that funny. He's sitting there. He's like sneaking a drink in the middle of the class, being drunk, staring off in the distance and stuff. But on the the chalkboard, there's six rules. Uh, one is like kids to smile or whatever. Right. But the other five rules I found to be quite hilarious because it's literally the basis of everything wrong that he does throughout the film. <laughs> so rule number one, no alcoholic beverages. Rule number two, know the names of the reindeer. Yeah, which, he is. If you remember when he's in the bathtub and Thurman Merman comes in, he goes, well, what's your reindeer or whatever? And he just starts randomly fucking yeah. naming off. Do not smoke in costume is number three. Number four is no swearing. And number five is absolutely no flirting. <laughs> So yeah, and so he, he broke all the, the rules. Yeah, all so he broke all the rules right out the gate. Yeah, exactly. That's all I got for uh, for behind the scenes of Bad Santa for the time being. Oh no, wait. Uh, one little actually side note. What? Um, you know how movies, whenever they go overseas, it'll get lost in translation with their name, and the name of the movie will actually fully fucking change. Right. Yeah. Because different words mean different things. And right. So yeah. Okay. In the Czech Republic, um, the movie is called Santa is a Pervert. <laughs> uh, 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 is there a dvd with that name on it <laughs> I, i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna look it up Let's see if it's on amazon i don't even think uh it's just straight up santa's a pervert just perv santa <laughs> you're gonna type it in it's gonna go right to porn know that i'm i'm going strictly to amazon yeah okay. it's gonna strictly go to porn though i'm just gonna tell you that right now okay anyway <laughs> so what movie you got for us bob uh well first Okay, so I took the time to dive into How the Grinch Stole Christmas awesome with movie. Jim Carrey, the live action one. Love it. Not the not the cartoon, not the the new cartoon Benedict version. Cumberbatch. Yeah. One. No, the, the the one with Jim Carrey. Right. The Jim Carrey the, one. You know what's funny is that I just like I would actually watch that every year, but I would turn it off right before he got gained a heart. <laughs> just because so so you could just leave him as a Grinch for yeah, the entire Because well, I mean, here's the thing is that it's like I don't really like Christmas. Okay. I don't. I mean, like, the Christmas movies are funny and stuff. Right. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is also one of my favorites, and we'll cover that in a later episode. Right. But, um, no, like, I like the Christmas movies and stuff, the comedies especially, but I'm just not a fan of Christmas. To me, Christmas isn't what it used to be. Now it's always about what are you going to be buying somebody in before. Oh, that's called getting older. Yeah. It's not <laughs> okay, like, yeah, you're not yeah. I just don't like you're not a me, kid, like, it sucks. To me it's like I'm you know, I'm single, I have no kids, mm-hmm. and I still am dropping hundreds of dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because there's so many because you guys have so many freaking kids. <laughs> hey, my kids are all grown now. They yeah, can buy yeah. their own shit. But like and you know, and Rachel and Grace and whatnot, they've got kids. It's just like I'm spending so much money every year, and it's like I don't even have kids of my own to be that I'm buying for. Like, how is it this freaking expensive? I mean, I know kids most of the days only want like fucking iPads and oh yeah, everything switches yeah. and like stuff like that. So it's just I don't know. Christmas to me has turned into it used to be a time of when you're supposed to. I mean, when I was a little kid, like. It was about getting presents. <laughs> right. That's what I was saying. Like, you once know? you grow up and become an adult, it sucks balls. Yeah. Like, I, it's, not, like it's not sugarcoated. But even when I was younger and it wasn't really so much about the gifts, but it was, 
it was about the family getting together and spending yeah. time well, with each other. And like, actually, that's how it was for me when I was a teenager and, and stuff like that. It was about spending time with people that you care about. And I feel like now is just a day where it's uh, buy me shit. Okay, but here's the thing. And here's where it's here's why it's different. Is because as the family gets older and the like you being the youngest, as we all got older, we all moved away and created our own families essentially, our own right. get-togethers. So yeah, so essentially it it the whole coming together thing kind of disappeared. And as the family, even the extended family moves away because we all lived in the same town for a long time. Yeah. So you got used to everybody being together and the entire family showing up at a house for Christmas and the entire family being their extended family and everything at one shot. For a lot of people, it's never been like that. So now that that all has gone away and everybody's gotten older, yeah, it's going to, it's going to feel like, Oh, this isn't like Christmas. It just feels like fucking just Tuesday. Yeah. No, you know what I'm saying? I think like, about I get two it. years ago is when it broke me. Yeah. Because, like, that's, know, and if you think about it, two years ago, that's. Everybody went up. Everybody that was probably went up a, to year, a year after, yeah, a year after or so that, uh, yeah, they moved up. They moved up yeah. north. Everybody went up to see mom and dad, and I stayed here because I couldn't afford to go. I just laid in bed all day eating Christmas cookies and watching that 70s show. And I was just like, fuck Christmas. <laughs> but. But no, like, so it was like everybody always called me the Grinch because I just, I hated it because I hated spending money. Um, and it's just, so everybody called me the Grinch. And I was all like, you know what? Yeah, the Grinch is awesome. You know why? Because he fucking gets left alone. <laughs> like, yeah. And then he gains a heart and becomes a little bitch. And I'm all like, fuck that. So I used to turn it off before he gained a heart. All right. Well, let's, anyway, let me circle back around and we'll get, we'll dive now into how yeah, the Grinch stole Christmas. We need to make uh, me a sweater for Christmas that says, what? Adam didn't gain his heart three times bigger. Adam, <laughs> Adam's heart sucks. Adam's cold hearted, cold hearted Grinch. Yeah. Adam's heart didn't grow. Tiny, three, tiny heart Grinch. that big. Or whatever that day. We're gonna come up with holiday shirts, by the way. Yes, we are. Yeah, they'll post next week. I have some ideas. Sweet. So yeah, the merch store. If anybody's listening to us uh, and has been to our merch store, um, ooh, speaking of the merch store, side note. So the couple of the designs for our merch store are going away. Okay. Uh, the 2020 is walking new new shirt. Right, because 2020 is just about over. Right. So that's actually going away. So if you haven't got that shirt yet, you're not gonna be able to get it. And the your painted pants are walking new new. Mm-hmm. Those that shirt's going away. Okay. There is I can't think. Of, there is one more that's going away. I can't think of the design. I'll talk about it on the next episode then. Okay. I know the dog hoodies left. Yeah, all of the pet. Unfortunately, all of the pet hoodies were not up to par, not up to the standard. Yeah. Like the sizing was way off. Like we got, I got one of them for Chief, and I bought the like two XL, and that shit wouldn't. That wouldn't even fit a Muppet. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we canceled, yeah, we canceled all of our pet hoodie stuff. So, if you're looking on our website and, you, and you're like, hey, we guys had the, the pet hoodies. Yeah, we unfortunately, we stopped doing the pet hoodies because the sizing was off and the quality wasn't there. So, we just canceled them. Yeah. Okay, anyways, back to what I was talking about. Yeah. So the 1966 animated TV special, The Grinch. I remember this. Okay, how they, they yeah, the 30 started out. special. Right, it originally started out as that. So it was a Dr. Seuss book and then Dr. Seuss cartoon film. Okay. Well, unfortunately, um, Dr. Seuss passed away in 1991. 
Yeah. So he had always like refused to change it over to do live action or move on any of that, on any of his books, on any of it. Yeah, I'm still waiting on Pontiff Apoc. Well, his <laughs> his I'm wife. I'm sure nobody remembers that story, but go ahead. The Doctor Seuss's wife Audrey actually agreed uh, to merchandise. Like she said that like after he had passed away, she was like, okay, we can all start selling merchandise, which kind of lined up with, I think universal studios plan to do the Seuss landing. Right. You know, with islands of adventure. I think that was yeah, part which, of that. That I'm probably gonna pushed. That, I'm going to bring that up. Push some the movie that. facts. Um, cause I do want to touch on but that. July of 1998. She came out and said, okay, I'm going to auction the film rights to how the Grinch stole Christmas. So mind you, the movie didn't come out until 2000. But right. In 1998, in the summer of 98, she's like, okay, who wants to make the film? She goes, here are the stipulations. Okay. She goes, you have to pay $5 million right out the gate. You have to pay $5 million for the rights of the film. You have to give up 4%, only 4% of all box office revenue. You have to give up 50% of all merch and music-related revenue. Wow. And 70% any book tie-in. So any book that was made from the movie, 70% of it goes back to her. Wow. Yeah. That was that's greedy. <laughs> it's it sounds it sounds greedy. It does. And I was like, that's yeah, that seems crazy. But keep in mind, the Dr. Seuss line, the Dr. Yeah. Seuss brand has never been touched. So right. you kind of almost almost immediately after she announces this through her the management staff of uh, you know the Dr. Seuss company, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the studios jumped. They all jumped. Like everybody jumped. 20th Century Fox came in first. So 20th Century Fox came in. They brought Tom Shadyak. Now Tom Shadyak was the director from Ace Ventura. Right. So first of all, the estate came out and was like, hey. So we don't want a, a director or a writer who hasn't earned at least a million dollars on a previous film. So right out the gate, that'll filter out all director, all writers, all directors, anybody who hasn't made at least a million dollars on a on a previous film, you're out. So that that cut the you know cut it down. But Fox came in fast. Uh, they brought in Tom Shadyac, and they wanted Jack Nicholson to play the Grinch. Wow. Yeah. So that, that would have been significantly different too. Completely different film. So that was up in the air. Then the Fairley brothers, the ones that did, um, yeah, that did like Me, Myself, and Irene, and Dumb and Dumber, and yeah, those films. They did a pitch for it. It didn't say who they had planned to cast in it. Rumor was Robin Williams. Yeah, rumor <gasps> was Robin Williams. Uh, John Hughes at the time even put a pitch in. Oh wow! Didn't say who he like. Even didn't remotely say who he wanted. Probably would have been Steve Martin. Uh, rumor was rumors were Dustin Hoffman or um, Tom Hanks. See, I don't think Tom Hanks for the John Hughes version. I don't, I don't know if Tom Hanks would have um, been able to pull off the Grinch. Somebody Not also in that way. At least somebody also did a pitch, and rumor was it was 20th Century Fox that Eddie Murphy was going to play the Grinch. Oh, that's cool. So that was a possibility. The Universal Studios came in with Brian Grazer uh, to do the directing. And the guy who, I can't think of his name right now. Oh, Gary Ross. That he wrote Big and Hunger Games. 
Okay. So he was like, you know, yeah. I mean, I say those and now you know who I'm talking about kind of. So they brought him in and she was kind of like, eh, and they were like, well, we we're thinking Jim Carrey. And they were like, she was like, okay, that's a big enough actor. That's a big enough star at the time. And, you know, because he was coming off of Liar Liar and The Mask right. and all these other films. So that was up in the air. Universal, not only were Brian, Grazer, Brian, Brian Grazer went out and grabbed his buddy Ron Howard, who Ron Howard was from the TV show Happy Days. Yeah. He'd done a bunch of, you know, Apollo 13, all these other movies. Right. Um, so he came in and met with her. And she was like, oh, yeah, if Ron Howard's going to direct it, done. No problem. But Universal ended up paying a lot more money. Instead of getting her $5 million, they ended up giving her 9 But they also picked up the rights to owe oh, the places you'll go. Really? Yeah. What happened with that? Nothing. They just All they did was secure the rights. Now, my thought process is after looking at the theme park is that they wanted somehow to tie it into their theme park right and and again it didn't say necessarily that they picked up the movie rights they just picked up the rights right so for they got they they did the five million for the grinch and then they threw in an additional four to pick up that other one so there's that the writers that wrote the original drafts for the grinch were the same writers that did who framed roger rabbit and doc hollywood but she like she was like okay but i have final veto like if i'm not happy with the script we're not doing it and she went over and she and she actually threw out like jokes, innuendos, and she was like, Nope, you're not nope, you're not saying this, no, you're not saying that. There was even a scene where the Grinch would have a stuffed uh mounted on his wall head of the cat in the hat. And she was like, You're not doing that. So they couldn't put that in. Oh man. They had an entire and there was another I'm gonna one. I'm going to say it. It sounds like Dr. Seuss's wife was kind of a bitch. Kind of. They, <laughs> they, they even had a whole character, a whole family of characters written called the Hoosteins, which were not into Christmas. Kind of like the the Jewish. Right. And they didn't have a Christmas tree. And they, she's like, nope. That's not, it's not in the book. It's not part of it. You're not making it up. Nope. So they took it out. So, yeah. So she had final, final say on all of it. Um... Going it sounds to the, like it would have been a nightmare to work with her. Yeah. Going to the cast, though. Let's just move right into the cast real quick, because that, that'll take, take up some, some of this here. So we all knew Jim Carrey played the Grinch, and yeah. Anthony Hopkins does the narration. Uh, he did... Actually, Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> he was only... It took him only one day of recording in the, in the soundstage to do I it. Believe and it, it was, it's I believe it, dude. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. The young version of the Grinch... Do you remember how there's like a flashback scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a young version of the Grinch or whatnot. Yeah. The young version of the Grinch was played by a guy, essentially a man, known by Josh Ryan Evans. Uh, he had dwarfism. Yeah. He was 18 when he filmed that. And he, unfortunately, that was his last film role that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he died at 20. Uh, so he left a legacy. Let's be honest. Yeah. Because you know he did. Didn't he? He, have did a, great. he had a weird disease. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, an uncommon. I shouldn't say weird. An uncommon disease. Right. He was. A, he was actually a regular on a daytime soap opera. I can't think of the name of the soap opera. Uh, I think I know this. Um, unfortunately, Passions. That's it. Yeah. Didn't our parents watch that? That's why I. Know oh that. my god. Because <laughs> they watched it when I was young. 
Um, I'd come home from school. Whatever. I'm not even going to cut that out of this episode. Um, I don't even care. My, yeah. Our parents can be embarrassed for that. That's no, fine. Yeah, like I'd come home from school and mom and dad would be like, Shh, I'm watching my soap. I'm watching all like, soap. Dad, what? really? Seriously? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Passions. Yeah, so he was, yeah, he was big time on that. Okay, so that's that, that part. So do you remember, hold on, let me take a look at my notes real quick. I don't have the actress's name written down, unfortunately, but there was the girl that, that or the actress that played the Grinch's love interest as a child. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking I, about, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't uh, think Martha of the actress, but Martha Mayhew as a, as, a, as a daughter, as a girl, right? Oh, as the little girl, okay. right? So she actually was the same little girl that played Nicolas Cage's daughter in Con Air. Oh wow, yeah. So and she's all grown up now. Like, yeah. we, I have like a photo of her back back then and a photo of her now. So, and I'll have that up on Patreon. Actually, I'll have a lot of pictures from this yeah. behind the scenes and the actors and stuff like that for on Patreon. Now, the one that played Cindy Lou, uh, Taylor Momsen, yep. she quit acting in 2011. Uh, she had a bit part on Gossip Girl. And then she quit and apparently was in a band or started a band called The Pretty Reckless. They are huge now. Are they? They're, I've never. I they're I huge. I have. They're all over the radio. Really? Like they're well, around here the um, the rock station changed, and there's no like new rock station right now. Right. They changed to Trump Country. Um, but yeah, so like it's it. I haven't heard them recently because I've been just listening to a lot of classic rock until there's a new rock station out. Okay. But no, yeah, dude, they were all over the radio. They've got a song. Um, Heaven knows, mm-hmm. and that that I believe that that was their breakout song that got him really, really popular. I think I want to say it was like seven years ago. So she's still doing it then. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they're huge. They're huge. They're huge. They toured around. Um, I've actually I've seen them live. I'm pretty sure. I think they were at Fort Rock. Really, when Fort Rock was a thing, the last time I went, I believe that they were there. So if someone goes and find and sees the Pretty Reckless. That's that's little Cindy Lou Who. That's little stage. Cindy Lou Who. So yeah. FYI, everybody, if you go see the the band, the pretty Re- the pretty reckless. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, and they're good. I, I mean, really awesome. No, yeah, they're that's really what you played good. earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I was just say they're yeah they're really good. I was I was shocked when I first saw her too because she's all like grunged out and everything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I got photos too. I'll post. Yeah, like when I first saw her as, you know, the lead singer of the Pretty Reckless, my first reaction was impersonating Jim Carrey when Cindy Lou, who was at the top of the gifts, whatever, it was falling over. And he's like, oh, Cindy Lou! <laughs> <laughs> that was my first reaction when I saw her. I was all like, what are you doing up there? <laughs> what are you doing up there? <laughs> uh, uh, so her brothers, though, in the in the film, yeah, her brothers, her the two, um, it was like Drew, Drew Lou yeah, and were, Stu Lou. They were like the um, the Stooges, kind of. They were the tall, skinny guy and the shorter one. Yeah. So the shorter one actually is on that show Bones. Oh, really? Yeah, he plays Jack Hodgins. Is one of the do- one of the doctors of Bones in that show? But oh, I got no a shit. photo. I'll show you. The other one, the taller one, played. Get this, Donatello. On the new Ninja Turtles movies. Oh no shit! Yeah, he did the like the the voice and I believe the voice and the motion capture for Donatello. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't I, did, I didn't know that either. I was like, what? So I actually have a photo of him, what he looks like now, uh, versus that. And actually, again, all of this stuff will be posted on Patreon, so all of our Patreons can take a look. Right on. Yeah, and with that one, um, for the photos and stuff like that, you only need the one dollar Patreon, right? 
Right. Yeah. 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 Which, if, if you subscribe to at least the $1 one, you can see all of these pictures. Yeah. Yeah. The $1 a month plan will get you that. So You can always look it up on your own, but I mean, for only $1 a month, it's all organized right there for you. Yeah. You can see it all, what we're talking about. Hell, you could even look at it right now while we're talking. It yeah. is already there. <laughs> uh, I guarantee it. The um, the father, though. Okay, so going back, the Lou Who that played the father? Yeah. Okay, so that's dumb. He is an actor called Bill Irwin. He has done so many, so many roles. Like, he has been in Hollywood forever. Now, you're immediately like, I you look at it and you're like, well, I couldn't tell you what he's been in. No, but, uh, yeah. I, I, I know that he's been... One of his first roles... I know I've seen him in other stuff. One of his first roles anything. was Popeye with Robin Williams. Who was he? Okay, do you? And this is if only if you people who have seen the movie Popeye. Do you remember yeah, I when? I love that movie. Do you remember when Bluto smushes the guy down? <gasps> yes, it's him. Oh, he's the guy. He's um. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for him. No, today, that's right? Wimpy. Nope, that's Wimpy. This guy is when is there, and when Bluto shows when Bluto up, first shows up, first shows okay, up, yeah, and he and tries, that's right, and, and, he, and he just yeah. squishes that guy down. Yep, that's him. No and shit. He, yeah, and he ends up being becoming Lou Who. And he walks around all short right, right. after that. Yeah. He also, Bill Irwin, also appeared multiple times on Sesame Street in the 90s as Mr. Noodle. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Well, if you also saw any of the Elmo's World direct-to-video movies, no. he also played Mr. Noodle there. So he was a big-time character in the Elmo from 1991 to Literally, I think right before this movie came out. Oh, right on. Uh, even some afterwards, actually, all the way up for a cu- couple years, actually, even after yeah, that. Once you get stuck in making those kids, Dude, kids that's shows, easy money, you're, you're there. Yeah. So uh, the mayor, also going back to the more characters, the mayor's aide, the one that played the the mayor's aide, yeah. uh, was Ron Howard's brother. I totally see that. Yeah. It's his oh, young, it was you his could, younger brother. I could totally see that, man. His younger brother, Clint Howard. Yeah. They do. They look They look a lot alike. Yeah. Like, so, if, you, if you can imagine him without the prosthetic nose and everything like that, like that, I totally see that. So, Ron Howard was notorious for getting his family into films. I don't say notorious. That's kind of a harsh word to say. Notorious is actually, so, fun fact, um, the difference between notorious and infamous they both mean the exact same thing. Insanely, like, insanely famous for or whatever. Right. But notorious is insanely famous for doing something bad. Okay, so and that's why I said that. Infamous just means insanely famous. Okay, so infamous for doing for getting his family into <laughs> yeah, his Sorry, movies. just a little fun fact. No, that's cool. Yeah, no, better, better get it right. So he actually put, Ron Howard actually put his father in there. In... He put him in the whole Whoville. Oh, oh please father. tell me. Please let me guess who he is. Please. I don't think you will, but go ahead. This is not pudding. No. <laughs> what is it? I, I, I wish that were the case, but it's not. No, that would be awesome. Yeah. But no, the elderly timekeeper guy that's like that super long beard or whatever, I think. And oh, okay. That's that's actually uh, Ron Howard's father. And then there is a surprise. I'm pretty sure that that was the guy that this is not pudding. Maybe it is. I'll have to I look at it. I'll have to watch the movie again. I think that is him. Uh, there was another film. There was another who that was like surprised or like there was like <gasps> like a big, I don't know. I can't. I have to watch the There's film again. There's a lot of moments like that in that film. Ron Howard's oldest daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard. Does that right name ring a bell? No. It will because you know her as Claire on Jurassic World. Oh, wow. Yes. That's actually Ron Howard's oldest daughter. No shit. Yeah. 
from Jurassic World. Wow, so I, that I did not see coming. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, <laughs> like, what? Huh? Yeah. So, yeah. So, she's actually had a bunch of roles, but everybody knows her for Jurassic World. Yeah. So, that's actually, again, awesome Ron Howard's series. daughter. So, the whole family is, like, super talented, let's be honest. Like, the whole Howard family. Yeah. Ron Howard and his whole family is just super talented. Um, But that, as far as the cast goes, let me just say, as far as the cast goes, that is the tidbits of information that I have, little bitty factoids about the cast now everybody knows that the grinch makeup took approximately two and a half hours to put on just 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 the head makeup yeah just the head makeup it was a it was a mouthpiece it was a a nose uh fabrication there was cheeks that were added on um i've got actually pictures of not of it being applied but different photos uh, on patreon that show it being applied to jim carrey originally when they very first did the now, let me back up for a second. Rick Baker did the makeup. Now, Rick Baker, Rick Baker in Hollywood, for those who know in Hollywood, he's huge. He's done Men in Black, The Nutty Professor. Um, he is big when it comes to, like, he did X-Men. Uh, he's the one that created Harry and the Hendersons, the huh. Bigfoot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, Harry. And the okay, so. Dude, you already know that like, that was one of my childhood movies. I do. That's why I'm bringing it up. So, Rick Baker is the man when it comes to special effects. Right? And when it comes to that type. I mean, if you look at Harry and the Hendersons, you kind of go, oh, yeah, that kind of does. Oh, dude, that's totally the Grinch. Yeah, it looks like (laughs) the Grinch. Like, it's the same idea. So, Rick Baker originally put the Grinch makeup on himself at home, testing different looks out and was taking photos. And then when he got with with Jim, when he got with Jim Carrey and started doing different tests on him, Jim Carrey saw the photo and said, that's the one, the very first one. So, they went with that. The downside was, was also kind of the most complex. Uh, so it took originally two and a half hours just for the head makeup and for the body. Okay. It's actually, Jim Carrey actually wears its actual yak fur. It's not synthetic. It's real yak fur dyed green. No shit. And it's sewn into a, um, what's the word? A spandex suit that he wears. So it's skin tight. Right. The whole thing originally from the makeup, from the start time, makeup to getting in character, the whole thing took approximately eight hours yeah. to get him in. So the the whole thing. So it drove Jim Carrey to the point of absurd anger, like throwing a fit anger. Like he kicked a hole in his trailer wall. No shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of would too because like eight hour day. Okay, you kind of would too. Everybody works an eight hour day. Normally. Right. This motherfucker had to have eight hours to prepare to go to work. <laughs> like, I mean... I mean, that would piss anybody true. off. True. Now, keep in mind, once they, once they, he, once he kicked a hole in the trailer, uh, they were like, what's the, you know, whoa, 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 what's the problem? And, and they actually shortened it to where they found shortcuts to get the outfit on. And it only took three hours. Oh, there you go. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, the fact that they, all he had to do was open his mouth. But he was just... I don't know. Everyone said that he was a nightmare to work with on set. Really? Yeah. In fact, there his makeup artist, and this was in an interview with the makeup artist, so I'm not just making this shit up. It's not just hearsay in Hollywood. Right. In an inter- interview with the makeup artist, first of all, Jim Carrey would apparently disappear for days on end. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I, do, I mean, I do, but I'm not going to, I'm not one to say because it's not confirmed. So, uh, but he would disappear and he would come back. And everything would have to be, like, kind redone. of redone, right? Yeah. So, 
it got to the point where Jim Carrey was like so mean that the makeup artist was like, I'm fucking out of here. I'm done. So Rick Baker and Ron Howard like pull Jim Carrey aside and they're like, look, like this guy, he is the best. He's already applied the makeup. He knows how to do it. Like it's the shortest amount of time. This is the guy to do it. You know what I'm saying? If we get somebody new, it's going to take even longer. They're like, what's the problem? And Jim Carrey's all like, this is crazy. It's hard to breathe. And like all of these things. And one of the biggest complaints was the um, contact lenses Jim Carrey had to wear. They were yellow contact lenses, right? And regular contact lenses just cover your pupils and the and the color of your eye and blah blah blah. You know, they just cover the front part of your eye. Yeah. These contact lenses were half the size of the eye, so they covered underneath the like eyelids, like oh. completely cover, like uh uncomfortable nightmare to wear. Apparently, so a lot of times Jim would refuse to wear them, and the CGI department actually had to put the yellow eyes in. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so that was a little, that's a little thing too. But anyway, so they got Jim, they'll say, okay, we're going to figure out a better way. They got the makeup artist to come back. Now, keep in mind, like two weeks have gone by during this beginning, and they've only had three full days of shooting. That's how much chaos was happening when this thing first started. So it would take, you know, all this time to put in, and keep in mind that the production at the end of the day, at the end of the filming, the production won an Academy Award for all the special effects they did right. because they had so many people in makeup. They had over at 1,000 hours of makeup, like time, hours put on makeup <laughs> for just that one film, which Damn. shot from September to January was like, you know, not a lot of time for them to be doing 1,000 hours yeah. at a time. Uh, but they ended up bringing in. They ended up bringing in a CIA expert. Well, hold on. Go ahead. A thousand hours of makeup, right? With a huge cast. Right. A thousand. A thousand so you plus think hours. About it. From September to January, a thousand plus hours. But you had how big of a cast of all of those who's? But which you don't... all needed the makeup of the noses and everything like right. that. But so you... you're adding all of that up within that three month span. I could see that. There, okay. considering it also took okay. three hours just to put on the Grinch. I understand makeup. But now, you're you're thinking too broad because think about think about a shooting schedule. You don't use all those people all the time. True, but I mean, look at the Hubilation. That's what I'm all saying. Those like all the, that yeah, that's crazy. But but I mean that that scene might have taken a week. You know, you're talking about right. a thousand hours of makeup. You know, people getting there at three o'clock in the morning and they right. don't start shooting until noon. Right. So, so now you've got. But now, and then, so now you just proved my point as well. Now you've got all of those people for that one scene at the Hubilation, but it takes a whole week to film that. So you've got every single day of those people going back and getting makeup. Right. Done. That's what so I'm saying. So that's why it adds up to a thousand hours. No, it's I yeah. Can that's totally what they see that. And, they, and again, they got an Academy Award for it. So yeah. they did. I mean, they did a great job. They ended up like I was saying. Going to say though, they brought in a CIA expert to work with Jim Carrey. On how to relax and get through excruciating situations. Oh wow! That's what they were like. Okay, we're gonna have you. We have the CIA guy come in. He's gonna talk to you. So he got Jim Carrey to figure out this like mental breathe, mentally um, place that he could be, and like a breathing technique, and all these same things. So while they put the makeup on, because it was so grueling. No shit. Yeah. In fact, it was so grueling that Ron Howard was like, "Well, just to prove, you know." That I, under, that I can understand and appreciate it, I'm going to go in at 3.30 in the morning and get it done. So he showed up at 3.30 in the morning and had the makeup put on separately, like in, in a separate area. And when he came out and showed Jim Carrey, like, 
who are in this together. Yeah. But Jim Carrey saw him in the makeup and got pissed. Because he thought he was being replaced? No, I thought that too. But no, it turns out Jim Carrey thought it was a stunt guy. It was all like, he doesn't look anything like me. He's way too short. Blah, 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 and just went off. And then finally Ron was like, it's me. I did this to show you that I'm willing to sit through it just like you and go through this. I understand and I appreciate it. I wanted to see what you went through. And then Jim was like, oh, okay. So apparently, again, I, I'm a hu- I've am a always been a huge fan of Jim Carrey, but to yeah. read all, to find all this stuff out is very much like, oh, man, dude, why? I don't know what the – but, again, I think he was in a different place then, and I think there was a yeah. lot of – I think there was a lot of other things going on outside of the shooting that right. were happening with him. And again, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. But the, what I've learned is, is like... Jim Carrey's been through a lot. Like, yeah. A lot of people don't actually un- uh, understand that. They thought he just went crazy. But no, man, that that dude's been through a lot right. in his life. And But again... And yeah, he's, he's finally... He started doing a lot of the painting and stuff like that. And I think that he's he's learned a lot in dealing with those... Uh, Emotions, right? Yeah. So, so there's that. Those are some tidbits. Of, oh, uh, side note. Uh, we talk about the makeup real quick. Real quick, they. <laughs> okay, so all the Christmas sweaters that the Who's wear. Yeah. There's 250 sweaters. Okay. Well, are you about to tell me a story of which I could buy them at? No, I wish oh. that were the case. <laughs> but these were all hand knitted by three people. Damn. Right. 250 sweaters. They each bout like 83 sweaters a piece actually had to knit. Hand knitted. Like the one that the Grinch is wearing that blinks and lights up? Yeah. Hand knitted. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy. And of course you can't just have one because it gets ruined. Yeah. So you have to have multiple. So like there was like uh, for him alone I think there was uh, three I think it was just alone, for his alone. So that's crazy. Uh, let's see. One more uh, cool tidbit of information. Uh, of course, I think a lot of people already know that um, Jim Carrey did a lot of ad-libbing. Yeah. Like towards... I mean, he does that in every film. Right. And Ron Howard let him run with it. And that scene where he's talking to the dog, the, his dog Max. When he's getting changed? Kind of. But when he's talking with his dog Max about being the reindeer, and he puts on that USSS hat. that that Oh, the action. Or the, the film... Right, where he's all like, this is what it is. You know, he's like, here's the scene. And he's talking to his Mac. Yeah, and he's like, action! He throws that hat on. Yeah. That's actually one of Ron Howard's hats. He grabbed it from him and threw it on and is impersonating Ron Howard. Oh, that's funny. And Ron Howard thought it was great and left it in the film. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but side note, the dog Max mm-hmm. was actually a female dog named Kelly. Just <laughs> FYI. Just, it's not even a boy dog. It was... Um, and it was only one dog they used on set for that. For oh, cool. for the majority, there was a couple stunts that they had separate dogs. Right, but it was mainly one dog named Kelly. Uh, and the other thing is, the set itself. This is the last piece of information I have. But the set itself, or who the Whoville, was originally going to be CGI. But because of they wanted more realism, and, and this was two thousand, so this is right. you know before a lot of the big CGI films, things like that. So they ended up building the actual set in two locations, one outside and one inside uh, of, uh, of a studio on in Orlando in, on the Universal Studios back lot behind the Bates Motel, actually. So I've actually got pictures that I'm going to have on Patreon right now of the outside of what it looked like while they were building it. And surprisingly enough, it's nowhere near as big as you think. Like the movie makes it look like a whole town. Right. It's literally like one road. That they just shoot different angles on. It's fucking bananas. 
and the snow, like, I, okay, the whole reason I'm doing it all back together to go like how you had said at the beginning how they did snow. Yeah. Do you want to know how they do snow now? Yes. For that movie specifically, they used 75 tons of crushed marble. Wow. Yeah, like powder crushed marble because it didn't make sound and they could throw it everywhere. But 75 tons of crushed marble. No shit. So that is the rundown of the behind the scenes. Oh, and side note, I did the math. Remember how we said that Audrey was going to get 4%? Yeah. The movie made $345 million. She still walked away with an additional $13.8 million just from the box office release weekend. No shit. Nice, right? Yeah. Smart smart lady. She, she got yeah. paid. Uh, but that is the rundown of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Ron Howard's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now, I... Because of how much of a fan that I am of the Grinch and living in Florida, there is one more thing that I must do before I leave Florida. What's that? Go to the Hubilation Spectacular. Dude, I've always wanted to go. Always wanted to go. Studios, Islands of Adventure. We can't go this year because of freaking COVID. I'm not taking any chances because people are crazy and Florida's a cesspool, but... No, Universal has been reaching capacity every weekend since yeah, they've reopened. That, Nobody in Florida gives a shit if about there, COVID. If no there, one cares. If there is an anti, if there's a uh, vaccine. vaccine this year, mm-hmm. we are fucking going next year. I'm down, bro. I'm so we're down. Going. Because like we're, t- we're gonna take the podcast on the road and we're gonna go. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be called Grinchmas Returns. Um, you is that actually, next year or this year? Uh, I believe it's this year. Okay. Yeah, I believe it's this year, but um. You can actually, like, meet the Grinch, and it's the same makeup and everything as the movie. And the dude, like, I watched an interview with one of the actors, and he even acts like Jim Carrey's yeah. the Grinch. Yeah, okay. He just doesn't quite sound like him. Right. So I've seen some of that. I've seen some of that. They've used that before. When the movie, when the, I say when the movie, when they, they first started doing the Hubilation type yeah. thing, they had the Grinch there. And I, I never went. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I went. I didn't go. I've had friends tell me about it. And he'll... He'll actually rhyme and interact with stuff you say. Yeah. Because one of the people I talked to, this was years ago, one of the people I talked to was all like, oh, like, Mr. Grinch, like, this is so much fun. We should totally go out and, like, get a drink after this is all done. And the guy playing the Grinch was all like, you know what? I like how you think. Let's go for a drink. Like, he would just, like, rhyme, you know, like, no matter what you yeah. said. So I I can't wait, dude. I, I think it's great. Next year, next dude, uh, oh, 2021, yeah. we're going to run down at That's you what we're going to do. You can interact with him. They've got uh, the Dog Max. Or, of course, know, right. A dog-like Max, of course. Um, and then some of the your favorite Whoville neighbors from Martha Mayhew, the mayor, like everybody comes Dude, out. Dude, that's going to be awesome. They're supposed to be doing like the Hubilation like celebration. They have the tree lighting ceremony with the da who da wait like the, the whole fucking thing. <laughs> and holiday food from the Grinch where you can actually eat roast beast sandwiches. Dude. Who hash. I want who and, hash. Uh, a Grinch right donut. Now. Dude, like, I've always wanted to go. Dude, we're going to go. It's like, did Disney Christmas, oh, they blow snake, uh, snake, they blow fake snow on the streets and, like, have the Mickey Mouse parade and give you hot cocoa and stuff. It's okay. I'm all like, fuck that. I want Hubilation, Roast Beast, (laughs) like, nah. Yeah, Universal is I want Grinch. So, yeah, man, like, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, next year, special Ray Hart rundown on the road. No, definitely. We're going to have to do a lot more Ray Hart Rundown. I think we're, after, as soon as that vaccine the Ray comes Hart out, Road we're going to do fucking the Ray Hart Rundown. <laughs> Ray, Hart, Ray Hart Road Rundown for sure is going to happen. That's yeah. a good idea. I think we're going to do that. So, 
might even cross country it and just do a bunch of different fucking states. Right, yeah, run down from the fucking go. Grand Canyon. I don't give a shit. Let's do it. All right, so we got anything for uh, Florida Man and or Urban Dictionary? Urban Dictionary. I get it. If we don't, we may or may not. No, yeah, actually, I've got I've got two Urban Dictionaries for you. Okay, let's do those. Okay, Smooth Brain. Smooth Brain. Yes, I would assume. I would assume Smooth Brain is somebody who's stupid. Yeah. That's how. That's what I would get. I mean, just that's that's accurate. Yes, that's, that's that what it a is. Stupid person. Yeah. Okay. It refers to the lack of surface area on an individual's brain. The general thought is that the more surface area, wrinkles, creases, etc., a brain has, the smarter a person is. Right. Conversely, a person with a smooth brain, no wrinkles, has less surface area, and would therefore be stupid. It's essentially, having like a rubber ball for a brain. Yeah. You know what, Bob? I'm really impressed that you actually got that because <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like the brains from like the movie Waiting, where you like bunch of oh. balls and it looks like a brain <laughs> <laughs> like like somebody with a shaved scrotum uh, doing the brains you from... literally like you that was my first you thought assumed, when i saw smooth I brain i was all like that's a nut i'm just gonna be saying <laughs> balls that's where I'm, I'm like my brain just gonna go to balls that's where you thought <laughs> well i just yeah, that was my first thought that was, was your first like thought? oh that's the brains but Boom. shaved adam's first um, one fruit basket <laughs> <laughs> um okay here's your second one go ahead micro cough my micro cough yep uh, I would assume, okay, I'm assuming that you have, to, it would be the attempt to hold in a cough. Yeah, pretty much. It's w- what's the real, what's the real one? a tiny, almost imperceptible cough, usually hidden behind a mask due to emphysema, asthma, allergies, or the dreaded COVID, so as not to alarm others to your potential of being the infected. <laughs> Patient zero. Yeah. So... There you go. That's okay. So micro cough and smooth brain. Smooth brain, which is not a ball sack. Not the ball sack. (laughs) (laughs) And then I do have one Florida man story that has been hitting national news. Uh, Everybody's been seeing it about the old man that never removes the cigar from his mouth. That is the true Florida man. Okay. At the age of, I think he was like in his sixties. All right. Explain, because all you said is a guy smoking a cigar. He jumps into the pond to rescue his dog from being attacked by an alligator. Granted, it wasn't a very big alligator. It wasn't like a. It wasn't a very big gator. dog. It wasn't a. Yeah, it wasn't a very big dog. It was like an ankle biter type dog, and it was like a. It wasn't like a baby baby alligator, but it was still a youngling. But it was trying to eat his dog, and he was smoking a cigar, and he just puts the cigar in his mouth and fucking dives in like Steve Irwin, and just like fucking pulls this gator out of the water prize open its mouth and lets his dog go or whatever cigar still like dude dude's head is like underwater trying to get this thing pulls up and he still has cigar in his mouth that's crazy first of all awesome that he saved his dog i would have done the same secondly but do you know the kind of pressure that's required to to open a gator it's actually easier to hold an alligator mouth shut than it is to than it. it is to open it oh yeah the amount of pressure it takes to hold it shut is very little, which is why you see all these people do like these alligator wrestling or these whatever they can like hold the mouth shut and it's like oh my god yeah it's actually the gator has much bigger problems trying to open its mouth when you hold it shut, but it, to hold a mouth open to open a gator's mouth yeah that's where all the power is yeah so but if you're if you're from Florida you also know when there's a little alligator 
Yeah. You know there's a bigger one. Yeah, they're, they're right. All... And if you start fucking with that little one, that big one's coming after you. Did the big one show the up? The mama. No, I didn't see in the video that a mama showed up. No. But that would have been like the I first mean, thought. I probably wouldn't have even rea- reacted to that thought. Right. I'd probably be like, that motherfucker's got my dog. He's going to die now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, did he I would ki- jump did right he kill, I don't know. Well. Did he kill the gator? I don't think so. No. No, I, I have the uh, a small news article on it and everything. We'll be the video to Patreon. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So we have the video on that. But other than that, there's only one other Florida Man news. We've already mentioned it before. Okay. I just did not know that it happened on Christmas Eve. So here it is, Bob. Yeah, say you, it because... What do you think it is? Which Florida Man story that we've told in the past do you think happened on Christmas Eve? Which past Florida Man... I, you know what? We've told so many past Florida Man stories. I couldn't... It's I, one of my favorites. It's... Okay. Then again, we've also told Florida Man stories that we've cut from shows that are exclusive to Patreon. So, oh no, it's been on. It's been okay. on the show. I don't know. I have. Um... I'm here to suck toes. Oh my god, <laughs> dude did that on Christmas Eve. Dude broke into somebody's house on Christmas Eve to suck his toes. Yes, it was that's on Christmas Eve. I dude. did not realize that. I might have that changes it. Maybe that I mentioned things. it during the previous episode, but that was not something that I remembered. About that's not something we focused on. No, but like, dude, yeah, that happened on Christmas Eve. Dude woke up to that, a man hovering over his feet like, I'm here to suck toes. That changes the perspective of the story. Like, I don't want to say it changes the perspective of the story, but it changes it. Like, it does. It changed your thought process. On because it, Homeboy brought like, him. He brought, brought in. Fucked up your Christmas, yo. <laughs> yeah. Like, Damn. Yeah. So toe sucking Christmas. Yep. <laughs> toe sucking. A toe sucking Christmas. That's gross. It's oh, gross. But yeah, that that that's all I got for the Florida man as of right now. I do have uh, some more, but I'm saving them up for these next upcoming weeks. I'm trying to save these Christmas ones up as much as I can. Toe sucking Christmas. You know what? I with COVID this year is going to be a toe sucking Christmas. I'll tell you that right now. It's bullshit. Uh, okay, so <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, behind the scenes of the how the Grinch stole Christmas. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life and Bad Santa. Yeah. That's three. They're completely different movies. Completely different movies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we went all, all over the place with with that. There was no there was no theme there other than holidays. Yeah, we went from being too racy because they might have insinuated being naked <laughs> to, to bad Santa saying he never fornicated anybody. <laughs> this is extremes over here. Oh, uh, I can't even I can't even think of what we're gonna have to do for the next episode. But these next uh just so you know, the next couple episodes here will be for the holiday stuff. So we're definitely gonna be talking about holiday stuff. So get ready and of course the Christmas episode will be like all of our regular holiday specials. It'll be super long, even though I think this one is actually kinda long. So we need to do what we need to do is thank everyone for that signed up for our Patreon. Yes. Thank you guys very uh, much. Uh thank for you very much for us. signing up for our Patreon for everybody who jumped in at any level uh over the past week. From November 18th till December 2nd, everybody, anybody and everybody who signed up, thank you all for those that did, and of course any previous Patreon members, will be receiving our holiday Christmas gift this year. We are sending out Christmas gifts. Ooh, what could it possibly be? But uh, no, it's going to be, it'll be funny, I'll tell you that. If it's going to be anything, it's going to be hilarious. So, thank you guys, and uh, we'll be sure to get those Christmas gifts in the mail to make sure they make it to your house before the holidays. So, make sure that you have the correct address on your the Patreon so that we don't end up shipping it somewhere that you're not. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. And stay tuned for the next episodes. We got more behind the scenes and even coming up this month, some of the weirdest Christmas gifts of all time. Oh, I can't wait to hear. That's going to be next week. All right. We already got the music playing, so we're going to call it a episode. Y'all have a good day, night, or whenever you're listening to this. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>